And uh, if, you, if you saw, if you saw in the uh, the video, uh, the the last day of VBS, we were talking about Naaman, the Syrian. He gets cleansed from leprosy. And today we're going to talk about Jesus cleansing a leper. Um, and this is going to be not your regular Jesus. This isn't going to be buddy Jesus, okay? I want you guys to get ready for Rambo Jesus. All right, Jesus is going to come in full effect, and he's going to do some pretty amazing things. But before we get there, I need to do just a couple things in background so you can get right in the story with me, okay? And the most important thing you need to understand in order to get, get this, uh, this story <laughs> is two things. In order in the ancient world to be a full person, in order to be complete, to be living a real life, a full life, you needed two things. One, you needed to be a part of your community, your tribe. Your family and your friends, your extended community, your village, you had to be a part of a, a, an active participant in that uh, part of your life. And number two, this is a, if you're a Jew, if you're a Jew or, or an ancient Israelite and then later the Jews when they settled uh, the land. If you're a Jew, you need to have a participating relationship in the worship of Yahweh. Okay? That means you need to be a part of the rituals, the festivals, keeping the law. You need to be, uh, if you live outside of Jerusalem, you need to be going to the synagogue regularly, uh, enjoying uh, the, the prayers, the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is your God, the Lord is one. You need to be saying that with your brothers and sisters in, in, uh, in the community. So it's two things you need to be to be a, f- a full person in the ancient world, especially in, in Jerusalem and surrounding areas in Galilee where we're going to be. You need to be one, a part, a functioning part of your community. You need to be a participating part of your community. And two, as a Jew, you need to be worshiping Yahweh regularly. Okay, now I'd like to jump right into the story because uh, I want to tell you a story. But Neil and I, we had a little discussion. Neil told me that uh, I needed to get a little bit of house, house cleaning done. Okay, just a little bit. It ha- just so happens in Mark 1, 40 through 45, there are, uh, there's two possibilities for what Mark actually wrote. There's two possibilities. We have two different uh, textual variants, we call them, the scholars call them. Uh, we're not exactly sure what the, what the, the right word is in, in verse 41. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, translate it as Jesus got angry. Or Jesus became angry. All right, that's one possibility. The other possibility, just so you're aware that it's out there, and you might see it if you brought your own Bible. It, it might be there. Jesus was filled with compassion. Now, those are pretty different. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus filled with compassion. Ah, buddy Jesus. Jesus got angry. <laughs> Rambo Jesus. Uh, there's, there's, a, there's, a lot, there's a lot that could be said here. And, but, but the most important thing I want you to understand is this is small stuff. It's not to worry I know sometimes we get a little concerned if there's, you know, something going on in the text. It's a little bit strange. But you've got to remember, and this is really, really important, when the, when the gospel message first came out, people were believing one simple thing, that Jesus in his life and his death and in his resurrection changed the world. That Jesus in his life, death, and resurrection changed the world. He brought a new era to mankind. Okay? And... One word in Mark, being, being angry or being compassionate, doesn't change that at all. Is that... Are we okay with that? <laughs> House cleaning complete. Very good. Let's get into the story. Let's do it. Um, uh, I, uh, just one last thing. I, I, did, I kind of did my own translation of this passage. What that means is I uh, looked at 
translations by a bunch of really talented, you know, brilliant scholars, and then I sort of stood on their shoulders. And the only thing, reason I did this is just so that it, it's, the story is really accessible to us. It's really simple for us to understand. So, if we could, if we could have the, uh, the next, yeah, there we go. So, let's read the text, and then I'm going to walk you through the story, okay? Mark 1, 40 to 45. Now a leper came to him, imploring him, and kneeling, and said to him, If you will, you can make me clean. Jesus became angry. He stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, I am willing. Be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him, and he was made clean. And Jesus sternly warned him and immediately sent him packing and said to him, Absolutely do not breathe a word of this to anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses commanded as a proof to them. But he went out and began to talk freely about it and to spread the news so that Jesus could no longer openly enter a town. He ended up out in desolate places and still people were coming to him from every quarter. All right. Here's the situation. Jesus is, has just left one village. I don't know which one. He's left one village and he's actually got you know kind of a crowd following him. And I would invite all of us to sort of step into that crowd just for a little bit, okay? Jesus leaves the village, and we're all walking. We're excited, you know. This is great times. Jesus has he's been healing people. He's been preaching these awesome sermons. There's a lot of excitement in the air. You can, you can feel it, right? And so we're, we're looking for the next thing. What's it going to be? What's it going to do this time? And we're walking, and we're following. And then we see someone up on the road ahead, and it's a little bit strange. In the ancient world, you never really traveled by yourself. It was very dangerous. So if you saw someone by themselves, you'd be like, mm, okay. And as we get closer, we start to see that this person has maybe spots on their skin. Uh, perhaps uh, the, the pigment has gone out of their skin and it's now, it's now white, right? And our first reaction when we see this is we stop. Because something's wrong. Uh, this guy should be yelling out, Unclean! Unclean! Back off! That's what he should be doing, but he's not. In fact, he's by himself. He's not in his leper colony where he's supposed to be. And he's walking towards us. And this is all very, very inappropriate. Here's why. In the ancient world, if you had leprosy, in a, if you were a Jew with leprosy, there was a cloud of death around you. There was a cloud of decay. Wherever you went... You took with you death. And there's something really bad about having a cloud of death around you. <laughs> it is. And not only does it uh, sort of kill you, but it also, it also makes you an outsider. It also means that you can't be part of the community. You can't be part of the community. You're outside the camp, is what it says in Leviticus. And it also means that you are ritually unclean, which means you're not allowed to participate in Yahweh worship. You're not allowed to be a part of the festivals. You're not allowed to show up to the synagogue. You can't go to the temple. You can't offer sacrifice. You are half dead. You're the living dead. 
if you have leprosy. And because you have this cloud of death around you, wherever you go, you're in danger of infecting other people with what you've got. You've caught a little bit of death, and it's catching. So as we're following Jesus and we see this guy, and we're like, oh, okay. All right, well, maybe he'll just sort of see us and clear out. Instead, this man comes up and he's, he's, he, he comes up to Jesus, he's getting closer, and Jesus is standing there like this. Right? We're not. We're like, Jesus, whoa, that's a bold move. Um, not sure where you're going with that. Okay. But Jesus stands there, and this man, this man's worried, because he expects Jesus to run away. He expects Jesus to run away, just like we're doing, you know. He expects Jesus to do the same thing. But Jesus doesn't. He stands there. He looks at him. And this guy, he's, he's crawling up and, he's, and he comes up and he says, instead of unclean, unclean, he says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. To our ears, that sounds a little weird. To the ancient, to the ancient Jew, when they heard, you can make me clean, what that really means is, you can accept me back into the community. You can bring me back so I can worship Yahweh the way I want to. You can, you can let me love God the way I was meant to. Again, that's what being clean is. So we're backed off. We're in the background. We're, we're getting upset because we're starting to... Oh man, Jesus. Jesus, what, what are you doing? You can't be that close to him. You can't be so close. If you're that close, you're going to get infected. And then how, how are we going to do what we do at the next town? What's going to happen to the preaching and, and the synagogue and all of this stuff? Now, I have Jesus became angry because that's exactly what happened. Jesus looked at this guy and he sees a guy who's saying, please, let me back in. I don't know why this is here. But I do know that I just want to go home. I want this shame that's covering me to be gone. And I want to know that I can come back and live a real life again. I want to come back from the dead. Jesus is sitting here looking at this guy. And he looks back at us. And now he's mad. He's mad because when he looks at this guy and he sees our reaction, what he sees is the kingdom of Satan winning. He sees the devil getting in the way of God's kingdom. He sees people fractured. He sees human life destroyed. And he sees Yahweh not getting the praise and honor Yahweh deserves. And so he gets mad. This is Rambo Jesus. Instead of shooting the guy, because he didn't have a gun, he touches him. That doesn't sound like much to us. Touching. Touching somebody. Um, we do it all the time. But to Jesus and to these people, it was a very, very symbolic, significant act. And to help, to help kind of motivate what it might have been like, I have, I have, I've asked, uh, I want you to follow me with a little story, okay? I want you to imagine for one second, that my brother Brian here, come on out, Brian. My brother Brian. Yeah. 
Okay, my brother Brian, he's, uh, he's, you know, he's dressed up real nice. He's got his best tie on. Show him your tie, dude. Show him your tie. That's actually my tie. <laughs> From the seventh grade. <laughs> uh, Brian, you know, he's, he's got a big day today. It's his, it's his, um, it's his big job interview. So, he's, <laughs> dude, go ahead and face him like that. That'd be sweet. Yeah, good, good. Alright, so he's, uh, so he's going on a big job interview. So he's dressed up his best. He's, you know, got everything looking good, right? And then, uh, he sees his, uh, his old friend Vivian. He sees her on the street. And, uh, Vivian's, she's not looking so good. Vivian's not looking so good these days. And, uh, Brian, you know, he doesn't really want to be seen with her. He's kind of looking around. He's like, is anyone from the office here? Right? Because it looks like Vivian's had a rough time of it. So, no one's around, so Brian's like, okay, you know, so what, what's, you know, what's happening? What, what's, what's, what's up? <laughs> and Vivian gives him quite a sob story. It's, uh, you know, she's down on her luck. Things were going so bad. She's, she's out of work. Her friends have left her. And, and then just last night, she got beat up and robbed and left in a ditch. And now she's all muddy. It's tough. <laughs> and then Vivian says, you know something, Brian? I, I, I just... It would mean a lot to me if, uh, if you'd be willing to give me a hug. And Brian says, he, he thinks about it. He's like, oh, man. Oh, man. I'm not going to get this job. <laughs> but then he, said, then he thinks to himself, he says, you know what, though? This is more important than the job. And he says, Vivian! I am willing. Get in here for the real thing. <laughs> All right, uh, Brian and Vivian, thank you guys so much. That's awesome. Jesus touched the leper. He got in there for the real thing. And what was supposed to happen was just what you saw right there. All, we're all in the crowd and we're looking. And we know what's supposed to happen. Jesus is going to catch a little bit of death. But that's not what happens. Jesus doesn't catch any death at all. In fact, the leper catches a whole lot of life. Rambo Jesus doesn't like to see the kingdom of Satan winning. Your death is not going to stick to me. No, my life is going to save you. That's what that touch is. That's what it is. Um, Can I have the... Now, Jesus acts a little bit weird here. You know, buddy Jesus, what we're used to. Oh, all right. Good job. That's not what happens. In the Greek, it's actually it's really crazy. Jesus kind of shakes him, and he kind of tells him off. He's like, I don't want you to say this to anyone. And the, the, the verb that he uses to like toss him back to the city is the same verb that gets used for exercising demons, like pulling him out. He's like, don't say a word of this to anyone, and throws him off. What? That's not what Jesus does, is it? Here's why. Jesus understands that he just crossed a real big line. In the war against Satan, which is like his, 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 his thing, in the war against the enemy, in the war of bringing people back into the community of God, he just walked over a big 
big line. Because what's the crowd doing? What, what are we doing? We're seeing all this, right? And we're like, whoa, that didn't go the way it was supposed to go. And then we start, getting, we start to think. And we get this thing in our thought, like, if Jesus, if Jesus could do that for him, what could he do for me? And then the whispering is going to start, right? And the excitement is going to build because what Jesus has just done is he said, your shame, that thing you carry with you, that mud that covers you, that thing doesn't matter anymore. On my authority, I declare that you're okay. I declare that your shame is gone and it is time for you now to be at your proper place in your community, in your home, worshiping your God. And for the rest of us, so we don't have leprosy, right? We don't have dots on our skin. We don't, we don't have the mark of shame. But I think maybe we got something. You know, there's something about, you know, I'm not, I'm this or I'm that. We got our secrets. We got our, our darkness. If he could do that for him, what could he do for me? That same authority by which the leprous man's death is turned into life, could that same authority be powerful for me? And so what's going to happen is Jesus' fame, his popularity, is going to skyrocket. His whole mission is going to change. And if you, if you read through Mark, you see that and at the very end there, he ended up out in desolate places. He couldn't even walk into a, into a town anymore because everyone who saw him said, that's the guy who says that whatever I've got doesn't matter anymore. That's the guy who says my shame has been turned to honor. That's the guy who says my exclusion has been turned to inclusion, my death to life, my decay to vitality and health. And they all want a peace. So yeah, maybe, maybe, we, can, maybe we can say, well, all right, Jesus, I can see why you might have been a little bit upset because you realized, he realized it's over. You know, the... Nice being able to have some space in the crowds. It's done. It's finished. The real work's about to start. The real battle against the enemy is about to begin. Now, maybe there's a couple of you out there who have felt that exclusion, that alienation, that shame. Maybe some, some of us have a kind of leprosy. And maybe it's not the kind that people can see. Or maybe it is. I don't know. But what I'm inviting you to hear today is God's message to you. That when Jesus cleansed that leper and he made that declaration on my authority, you are okay, there was still a question. Does he really have that authority? Does he really? And this is the gospel proclamation that after he had died, God saw fit to raise him to life, vindicating him, proving that he does have that authority. That the shame that you carry, that mark that you carry, that holds you outside, that keeps you out of this community, this family that we have, that keeps you outside, that's done with. It's over. When Jesus rose from the dead, he was shown to have the authority to bring you in and to make you okay. And if this is the first time you've heard that, or it's the first time that's making sense to you, then I invite you to, to speak with me or, or one of the elders afterwards. 
Because it's a very exciting thing to recognize that you're home now. You're home. Now, some of us have, have heard this type of message before. And I, I think there's a, a place for us to, to wonder, do we ever get angry the way Jesus got angry? We see what, what really upsets him. What, what Jesus sees as, as the kingdom of Satan winning, what is that? That's someone who's being held back, excluded, told that they're not fit to be part of us. They're not okay because of whatever. Are we, do we get angry about that? Because Jesus did. Rambo Jesus went to work. And I invite us to think about what are some of the ways that we should be doing the same thing. What are some ways in which we need to look at how our message or our lives um, hold people back? And what can we do about it? I'm not going to give you any answers for that. I think that's, uh, that's something for the church as a community to discuss together. And I encourage you to begin uh, discussing that uh, in, in, the, in the body. But it's something to be thinking about. So where have we been? This is how it went. We understood, we found out that in the ancient world, uh, in order to be a full, real, living person, you need to be in a community, you need to be a Yahweh worshiper. We saw that if you had leprosy, you weren't that. You couldn't be that. And we saw that Jesus had the authority to get angry about the effects of leprosy and to... We were able to see how Jesus' life is stronger than your death. We saw how Jesus' honor and his inclusion is stronger than your shame and your exclusion. Um, and lastly, we, we touched on the fact that, yeah, there is a place for us to get angry when the kingdom of Satan is winning, when the devil when the devil's seems to be in charge. And there's a place for us to be like, no! The gospel declares that to be over. Okay. All right. I think we've got through there. Um, I invite you uh, now to join me in a word of prayer. And I, I just want to... Um, in this prayer, I want to, to lift up the fact that we don't have shame here anymore. That this is our home, it's our family. This is a place where we are able to be who we are. And we're able to worship God together. And I want us to, to be recognizing, to be looking for the places where the kingdom of Satan has dominion. So, if you join me in a word of prayer. Father God, we ask you to open our eyes. We ask you to send your spirit to this, this congregation and to open our eyes to where Satan still dwells in Orange County around us. And we ask you, your spirit to empower this church to speak the message of truth, to show Jesus freedom, to make a community in a world that's in your image, that where, the king, where your kingdom, your, your lordship rules, where your authority is the only authority. We bless you, God, and we love you. In the name of Jesus and for his sake we pray. Amen.